Welcome to the Iceman, a podcast presented by Tuned Up Custom Rods. Hey, John. Hi, Dan. How's it going? Good. Dan has a headache. I do have a headache. Sorry. It's probably from not fishing for 24 hours. I was fishing six hours ago, four hours ago. Don't you work like normal people? Well, I fished from 4.30 to 7. Oh. Yeah, I don't get that luxury. It was beautiful. I actually, I'm super excited. I got my boat home. Got it in my garage, and now I can't get it out of my garage huh. because they cut my road in half, and I can't get it over my driveway right now. Well, that's why'd they cut your road? Have a real problem redoing they're, the they're, sewers. They're redoing the sewers and redoing redoing everything. So I'm hoping by Tell Friday, need it out by Friday. I I can get it out. I've already thought of I can drive over my yard, my grass, and shoot across my neighbor's yard. This Friday we have the I don't even know what number seventh or eighth annual. I think I've been doing it for four years. This is my fourth year or fifth year? Going? Yeah. But you, I wonder, oh. you could probably invoice how far back we built the rods, though. Do you think invoice ASAP would Why don't you it? tell the listeners what you're talking about? <laughs> Dan, you, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Just absolutely. We're in a news. Why we're don't we invoice we, the uh, We are doing the, the annual Elm Creek Elementary School Fishing Club, ah. which is always a good time. And... Thanks for the generous support from John and Tuned Up. We get to give the kids new rods, and so Friday's the day. And we give them tackle, and then you reminded me about a tool holder. We have a huge, uh, we have a, a super generous PTO at my school that puts on or provides the funds for it, so we're able to provide the rods and get and reels. tackles and get tackle and reels in line and pay for substitutes for me and two other teachers to go, and it's awesome. It's, it's, be a lot of it's fun. a really cool thing. It's it, it's a really good thing giving back to the community. And a lot of these kids is crazy. They've never been in a boat or they've never been fishing. Yeah. And I just, I take it for granted. I'm like, I kind of grew up in a boat. Well, my whole thing with it was that there's a lot of programs out there that are like take a kid fishing programs, you know, and you can have a fishing experience where you maybe go and shore fish or maybe you go on a launch or something like that. And those are great experiences. But what I wanted was for every kid in the group to be able to walk away with the ability to go fishing on their own later. So that's why giving them a rod, giving them some tackle and then giving them some knowledge and some skill at actually how to do it. Hopefully they'll get on their bike and go down and find the pond in their neighborhood. Or when they go over with grandpa, they can have their own stuff and tie their own knots or whatever. Yeah, you, cool. had, you had a previous student uh, parents donate some money to the Yeah, family, we too. did. Yeah, so this year we had, I had a family reach out to me whose kid was in the program a long time ago and just say that, you know, that it was really important to him and they had a family member pass away who left some money that was designated for donation and they wanted to give it to us. That's so cool. But it was really neat. Do you? I mean, do you remember as a kid certain pro like after school programs were really influential? I remember our, we had. Uh, I remember the Disney afternoon. Disney. Oh, sorry. <laughs> you guys grew up differently than I did. Dan just went and watched TV after school. 
Oh, we uh, afternoon. We like had a gun safety course in sixth grade in school. Was, yeah. I might have been the last generation of kids to actually handle a firearm in inside a classroom. Firearm safety is really hard to do right now. Yeah, I have to sign up for my for my son Devin, and it, it's they're all full. It was it's impossible to find. It was super easy. I remember Mr. Kinsvater, and I'll probably never forget the guy. But we had gun safety, and we took it in the the gym. I remember walking, doing the fence where you'd hold the fence and you know hop over the fence. We they did brought it. that in the gym. They yeah, they brought it in the gym. So we had like shotguns. Your and, range day was in the gym. No, 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 not the the like. Because we did like field exercise, like how yeah. to cross over a. Yeah, we, didn't we did do that the during shooting. our range day. No, we did it inside the gym. So they'd like hand the shotgun over and like how to properly cross a fence and how to properly cross a creek and stuff like that. But our range day was different. We did that at a local local range. <laughs> Tommy and I did ours through the VFW in Richfield, right? Was yes. that where it was? I think so. Which was it not anywhere right. near where we lived. But we did it through Boy Scouts. And that Richfield VFW put on this big program. Was it all Boy Scouts there? I think it was, wasn't it? Sounds about right. It was cool. You go down there a couple times for class and then out to a range somewhere down even further south. That was like down Lakeville. by Lakeville. Yeah. Like a private gun club down there. I can't remember what it was called. That was awesome experience. Yeah. But you remember that from that long ago. So that's what we're doing with those kids. We're changing their lives. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited for the fishing club. Uh, they, this group of kids is really super nice. How many are going? Twelve. Yeah, we and we're not to, doing boat swaps, right? Mid mid lake well, boat swaps. I mean, we'll see. We'll see how it's going. We I have to keep it small because I want the kids to get legitimate time. So what is it like three per boat? There we have three boats, so it's two per boat. We have wait, half it's the, two per boat this year. Wasn't it three last year? It was. Yep, because it was just you and me. Oh, that's right. So we have. Six Someone boys, out six boys and six girls, and then the girls go in the morning. So the six oh. girls will be split between the three boats, and then the boys come in the afternoon and they go between the three boats. And I don't know. I mean, I don't know if switching boats is necessary. I if, think if it's windy, we're not switching boats. That was off the one year we did it, and it's like a thirty mile an hour wind. You're trying to last year we didn't switch boats. Past kids, did we or, switch boats no, last year? We didn't. No, and it, last year was the windiest we'd ever had it. We should do a contest for them. Like big bass gets a prize or something. You want to do a boat? We could we could do a boat competition. We could do a boat competition. That wouldn't be big terrible. fish and number of fish. Sure, we could do that. Yeah. And what's the prize going to be? I don't know. A thousand dollars from Dan's bank account. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> um, who gets the prize? The kid. Yeah, I don't know. That doesn't seem. Like, I hate this idea. The I'm going to pre-fish. I'm going to pre-fish. What are those bobbers doing in there? Daddy, like, sit down, kids. I got a fish. Yeah. <laughs> sit down and shut up, children. <laughs> My money's gotta, on the line. Got to check live wells before we start. <laughs> yeah, just, all I picture is Dan being like the angry bus driver and Billy Madison. Sit out. You don't have a weight bag, do you? I don't have a. I don't have a live well bag. I I do have a live well bag, like for a tournament weigh. Yeah, but it's not here. I I never even we shouldn't do like a five fish weight. I don't think that. No, I'm just saying big fish. You just do it by inches. Inches. We could. Yeah, then it's fair. Or we could have scales. I don't have a scale. Oh, then it's not going to be fair. Because it's with my tournament bag. You Let's remember. do it. We've I, never done that before. Yeah. The kids might be enjoying that. It's a little competition. So one winner for the whole day or one winner from each group? One winner we'll do one winner from each group. Right? Yeah. Because the morning... 
and the afternoon might fish totally different. We're going to troll suckers. <laughs> Catch a tiger muskie? Yep. We have them in there. We're totally changing our strategy. Children, you're going to put on a 15-inch sucker on your medium light action rod. The weather cha- has been improving. I don't know if you've been watching the forecast. I don't watch the forecast until the night before. It was supposed to be really windy and rainy, and now it's supposed to be not rainy and a little bit less windy. As long as it's not like, I think last year was like 30 mile an hour winds. Last year was was unfishable. It was, and we hardly caught anything. And it was, it was just hard. Yeah, it was, it was a bad, bad scenario. What do you see, Tom, for Friday? I'm looking. Oh, it's Friday? Yeah. Because Thursday, I think it's supposed to be bad, right? Thursday's supposed to be the, the big chance of showers. I'm seeing 62. North, northwest winds 10 to 15. 15's, that's moving. But I think it was windier. But last coming year. out of the north northwest is perfect for where we fish because then is it, do we fish be, the north? We bay? fish the northeast side of the lake, oh. don't we? Or maybe we're on the west side of the lake. Ugh. That lake's not very big. Friday, it's supposed to be no rain and winds gusting to about twenty miles an hour all day. I think twenty will be manageable. It'll have to be except for my spot lock's not working right. That's because you have. Starship Enterprise in your boat. Okay, I we should talk about opener. How was your opener? <sighs> I I fished for like an hour and a half. Big sigh. I got you beat. I fished for an hour and, and 32 minutes. Yeah, I we had a bunch going on that day, and it was really hard to get out. And then on top of that, the weather was bad. It was really windy. I canceled on him. Tom hardcore canceled on him. He didn't want to get wet, and it didn't rain a, a drop. But it wasn't nice out either, though. I was on... It rained down here. I was on BB, and it wasn't cold, but it wasn't warm. It just sucked. Yeah, it rained. Saturday for us, it rained, so we just put in docks and did the normal thing. And I put my 12 on the boat, and I'm very, very, very excited that it fit. A 12-inch finder is a real big fish finder. Yeah, now my 8 looks tiny. Like, and... My dad, who has a five as a backup unit, it looks microscopic. Like you could fit th- four fives on that 12 oh, screen. Where we fish is right on the far west side of the lake. North, northwest wind might make that challenging. It's all right. It's over here. Last year it was south. It was a south. Are there any weeds winds. up? Because so I, I, I fished uh, the Brainerd Lakes area, the lakes that I fished, water temps were between 50 and 58 degrees. And absolutely zero fish in the shallows. It was there was no crappie spawning. There was nothing. They were super super messed up. That was stupid. I should not have just chewed up my dries. <laughs> um, I was just out today in on BB in St. Michael, and it was like sixty eight degree water temps, sixty five, sixty eight, and the weeds were starting to pop up, and the bass were shallow, and they were spawning and fry guarding. Oh well, they were, that, they were aggressive. That's good. Yeah, I saw some big girls who didn't want to eat, but there were some big, big fish just garden. It was Shelling. awesome. I saw actually a like a school of six or eight walleye. I could visually see them sitting right on top of the scour hole pile at the boat launch. Really? You know what I mean? Like from the from yeah. people power loading, they were sitting right at the t- at the top of the rise. It was crazy. They were like they were doing seventeen, there, like- eighteen inch walleye just sitting there. It's crazy. That is kind of strange. Yeah, everything I found was real deep. 
Yeah, know, for just, me, stuff wasn't. Yeah. There weren't moved up to the shallows. The water, the water was like fictitiously warm because it was like warm for the top. Oh, like just one the top foot. Like one little. Because when I, we put in the docks, you like reach down for when I dropped the level in the water, and it was, it was like going into the bottom of the freezer. It was for for my opener. It was really windy, and I snagged one perch right through the butthole. <laughs> <laughs> And it was not a big perch. Didn't get skunked, I guess you'd say. Yeah, I, I caught two bass, but I can't say I really. I was looking at reports of people just annihilating the fish. Well, walleyes were, were chomping. But I heard some people were having like 50, 60 bass days. I heard red was on fire for the opener. I've heard that too. We should go up there, Tom. Five fish. Let's do it. They're all gone now. All of them. Yeah. <laughs> we missed the one first weekend. Yeah. Uh, it's closed. It's shut down. No, should people, have been here last weekend. People were crushing. Yeah. No, it, it looked, people had uh, very good openers. Malax was really hot. People, the jig and minnow bite of Malax was really, really where good. Do you, where do you jig and minnow early season at Malax? I've only uh, gone where there the, the all the 7,000 other boats were. But, but <laughs> pretend that I don't know where that is. Give me an idea of what that looks like. I mean, it's all shallow. They were fishing like six to 10 feet of water. That's so that's Liza. real, like right against the shore. Yeah, I mean that lake is—it's shallow. Yeah. You have to get right up against the shore, and you just pitch, or do you like vertical jig, or how do you do that? It probably depends on how. It looked pretty calm. I know people were catching them real, real shallow. So, actually, we should try to get a guest on and talk gonna, about Malax's jig bite. What are you going to call someone right now? Yeah, <laughs> this is. Sounds like a technical th- situation that I don't know if we have. <laughs> if you have the capability to do, no, I'm, I'm literally going to text somebody. All right, that's cool. Yeah, it'd be interesting to hear. How was your opener, Tom? It was great. You yeah. flew, didn't you? I flew in the morning, and then I chillaxed and got caught up in some health stuff. So, when been, are we going to go flying again? It's been a busy week. You, t- <laughs> you tell me. <laughs> I want to go flying. Let's go flying. All right. I like flying. I'll bring my siphon. I've been flying a lot lately. Yeah. I've got Tango Bravo Aviation. I've got, I don't know, 20 hours or something like this week. Tango Bravo Aviation. Y'all should check it out on uh, Facebook. Follow them. Give Tom a call if you're interested in a private pilot license. I'm literally, we're going to call somebody right now. But yes, you're absolutely right. I can't call that person and put them, well, I could put them up to the microphone, but I don't know actually how to do it. That would be jank. We're professional, John. I doubt it. We've got mono price microphones. We have mono microphones. I agree. Yeah, you do agree. Good job. Who 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 are we calling? Are you Andy this? Walsh? Oh, perfect. Press one now to continue this call in English. <laughs> I think I, I think you one. might have had the wrong Press number. One now. To- <laughs> I want to hear what it says. He just gave us to a one nine hundred number. So have you been out since opener, John? No, I have my boat in the garage trying to figure out my power issue. What's happening? What's going on, Andy? Hey, Andy, how you doing? I'm doing well. Yourself? Good, good. Thanks for uh, a short uh, notice here. This is completely impromptu, but we're having a, a, a kind of... Since I didn't fish Malax this opener, I, I wanted to talk to you about how your opener went and what Malax was looking like. Because I had the Brainerd Lakes covered; it was a little skunkish, but uh, I know Malax was on fire. It's definitely on fire. Um, 
normally I do the the nighttime midnight run every opener, but this year we decided to just take a break because wasn't seeing a full moon happening. So I just waited for Saturday morning, and uh, it was a northeast north wind so we just stayed up by fisher's resort and just fished out of there so and uh that's super it's super shallow right you have to fish real shallow <clears throat> i found fish all the way up to nine feet of water if you can cast back at them but with that northeast wind i was just hanging off the break edge and casting my jig back and working the cadence back up with those shiners. So you're casting deeper and working backwards to shallower water. Yeah. So we were sitting in a group of people, I would say there's, you know, 50, 60 boats and, you know, nets were out, people were catching, but uh, there was a cadence that had to happen. And I think that was what's being missed by a lot of folks out there. And I want to explain it if we do have some time. Please, oh, yes. We got Because I, I, I was seeing people catching walleyes like 6 to 12 feet of water. That's that's where I kind of saw a lot of people catch. But, it, yeah, you're saying they're a little deeper. So I'm, I'm curious to see how you were catching well, them. I'm looking at his post. He said he caught 100 walleye. Yeah, that's what I mean. That's what you're – you caught a pile of fish. All right, so the cadence, I need to know. Yeah, so uh, we started off with uh, the – new Northland tungsten eighth ounce jig. So we were using the long shank and the, uh, the short shank. Didn't really matter. But as, as long as you can match your rod with that weight and casting it back, it made a huge difference to keep that line taut. So I want to challenge anyone that's listening here to, to spot lock your boat even if you're not seeing the fish just to practice is to really just throw it as far back as you can. Let that jig hit the bottom and work it really slow. And what I'm saying is I'm not snap jigging hard at all. It's literally I'm using just my wrist or more and doing a quick shake, letting it fall, but keeping that line taut so you can feel that whack. Uh, something we've noticed in the winter out there is, you know, especially on the sand bite, those wallies really love to pin that shiner right to the ground. Sure. <clears throat> it kind of sounds and, like bass fishing. Yeah. Yeah. You can't a little bit. You can't, yeah, a little bit, like 1%. Well, I mean, it sounds like, uh, like it sounds like uh, drop shotting or yeah. net rigging. Yeah. Just, you always want to feel the line. You don't want to, you don't want a slack line because you can't feel You won't feel bite. it, yeah. yeah. Right, and then at that point, you might even miss that bite and not even know what happened. Uh, this kid next to us, he just looked like a super ambitious boy. He was, he had the live scope out. He was, he was by himself, and he was trying. He was struggling. He was hanging with us the whole time. And I get a text message from one of my friends that says, uh, Andy, there's a guy w- watching you next to you says you're absolutely smacking them and he can't uh, figure out how to catch. And uh, so I sent a video back to my buddy that 
must have been mutual friends with this boat that was watching, giving him the cadence. And I figure out it was this kid. He was 15 years old, uh, out there trying to just have a fun opener. He, he must have watched the video because all of a sudden he just nets out and he starts whacking them. That's awesome. That's that, uh, you know, that's super cool that you can do that too. Yeah. It's why not? You know, it's a small world and you know, I believe in good karma and, and we're all there fishing together. So you might as well try to share as much knowledge as you can. How are the fish looking? Are they pretty healthy? Yeah. So, out of that 100 fish on Saturday, we had three that were in that 2023 slot, which is kind of a bummer. As everyone knows, Malax regs is 21 to 23 that you can keep, and that's one fish or the unicorn of a 28 or over that you can keep one. And 100 fish in the boat. And I would say the average is 18 to 20. Oh, we only had so. one over 23, and that was a 25. That sounds like Red Lake. Yeah, that's, I mean, but, okay, I have a question for you, because I always ask everyone that fishes Mille Lacs a lot. Do, do you see a lot of fish over 26, 27 inches in Mille Lacs, or they kind of just kind of, it seems like they peter out at, that range or maybe 28. It just doesn't seem like there's a lot of thirties and anything bigger. I would say we used to, uh, looking back on a little bit of record from tournaments when we were fishing the aim with Greg Claudio and I, we had a tournament where we had an eight pound average and we, uh, we registered, I think 40 pounds that day. And here we thought we're going to cash a check and, uh, find out we got 16th place with an eight pound average. Jeez. That's, uh, that's crazy. Three or four years ago. And that has declined rapidly. Um, two years ago, uh, just after the old COVID, Greg and I jumped in the boat. We did that Ames. Um, the, it was, it was the walleye shootout. So it was that $20,000 purse. And, we couldn't buy an over. Uh, you could catch all the fish you wanted, but finding those overs were tough. And uh, don't quote me on this, but I, I'm almost positive the same 30-inch fish that was caught uh, one day by one of the anglers was then caught the second day by a different boat because uh, it was a two-day tournament. And all those fish are released, too, so that's very <laughs> right. possible. Yeah, and my point behind that is, um, you know, if you know that area, there was just a few lingering. Uh, again, years ago, it, it was uh, it was no problem catching a twenty six plus every night, or, or or a plethora of them. And the last three years, I, I was talking to uh, Brad Hawthorne the other day, and I said last season. I don't know if I got one over 26. Interesting. Yeah, it, it just seems like you don't, it, it doesn't kick out a ton of big fish. 
And again, it used to. Mm-hmm. And, so isn't it, uh, wouldn't it be better though for the health of the lake to have 118 inch fish a day versus I, I one or two twenty eights? It, it's got to be a balance. You know, I mean, you're just missing that big year class, but maybe that's why, you know, you'll have a real good year class. Those 20 inch fish will become those 28s in a few years. Well, I hope so. Cause the question is where'd they go? Again, that three-year mark, it was just absolutely full of those big fish. And, and now you really got to use your electronics and, and hope and pray for the bigger one. Like tonight, latest update, everybody. I went out today and I decided, let's just get away from shallow. Let's get away from structure. And I just literally went out... Um, out of fishers, out to the, you'll see on the map, there's a, a sand break that I would say two miles out, and I split the distance and I just parked it. And I just put down the live slope and I started looking around for these fish that maybe they will show a little bigger. And that's how I got dinner. <laughs> I had to just drive around and find a mark that was hopefully just a little bit bigger, and that's how I got that slot fish completely random um so i wasn't hanging on structure i wasn't hanging off the edge of the sand this was literally just going on on a whim and looking for these um high flyers is what i call them and they're sitting in the middle of a column just swimming around and you got to take home and eat that's awesome yeah so um there's a lot of fish still there you know i don't I don't see why you wouldn't want to come play around up here because, you know, you're going to get bit. We had five guys in the boat on Saturday, uh, ranging from 75 years old, fishing a couple times a year, and everyone was getting some fish. Are, do you still guide then? I do. Okay. Yep. <clears throat> so if anyone wants to hit me up, I'll do the shameless plug. The googly-eyed guide on the north end of Moac. You can find me on Facebook or Instagram. Um veteran discounts all the way and I'll get you out there and I'll maybe teach you that cadence. Yeah, no, it's, I, we, they've talked about the cadence on a few things lately. And I, I think that was, that was the key. Uh, but uh, awesome report. Thanks for the info, Andy. Yeah. Thank you for popping on here. Really last minute. We really appreciate it. And not a problem. Just look for that older lawn or the, my lawn with the red talon. And if you got any questions while you're out there to swing on by and I'm not so evil and ugly, and I'll give you a, a good update. Or just or just text your friend, right? Yeah. yeah. That, that's right. Awesome. Thanks, Andy. Appreciate it. All right, gentlemen. Have a good night. All right. Have a good one. See ya. Thank you. Bye. Yeah, that was perfect. That was awesome. I, I literally just texted him. I'm like, you want to do a do a report? And just because it's, it's interesting, uh, one of my coworkers went out to Lake Winnie this weekend and absolutely slaughtered fish in like five feet on a big sand hump on the north end. Just, he said it was lights out. Yeah, just watching the reports sounded like it was an amazing opener. But I think it was like, I I mean, I just didn't, I'm going to be perfectly honest, I did not get to fish much. I was already pressed for time by the time I got my boat in the water. Yeah, I didn't fish hardly at all, which I knew I wasn't going to. Yeah, well, I mean, it's just, sometimes it happens, right? But that's all right. That's all right. Tom, how are we doing on time? Should we take a break? Yeah, let's we take, should a take a break. I have to go to the bathroom. So, uh, what, are we, what did you call those, Tom? <laughs>
A quick commercial? No. Oh. Was it, what was the word you had for it? Back bio then? break. A bio, bio break. break. Yeah. <laughs> so stupid. <laughs> All right, let's take a break. We'll be back in just a bit. Dan from the Ice Spin. Get to talk about our sponsor, Tuned Up Custom Rods. And man, now is the time, John, to get that custom rod order in or to keep your eye on the website as we put in more and more fresh in stock uh, open water rods all the time. Check out our newest rod to the lineup, which is the Apex Ultralight. I had a chance to try that one out, John. That rod is super duper. Big fan of that one. Yeah, super, super excited. And if you need to keep your pop cold in the boat, check out Maluna Coolers. Best coolers, Minnesota made, and fantastic company to work with. They come in all kinds of beautiful colors. Use the code ICEMEN for 15% off on your cooler order. And if you're like me, I forget my minnows, so I need to use Freedom Baits, the hand-poured, high-quality, locally-made plastics. Super affordable. Check them out at freedombaits.com. Use the code for ICEMEN for 10% off on your order. And uh, I probably should say you could use the ICEMEN code on the Tuned Up website, too. Yeah. That'll save some cash that way, too. Absolutely. Just, just type out ICEMEN to every website yeah, you go ice, to. Everywhere you it, go. It, it might work. Maybe some people are just starting to put that <laughs> just on Just give it a shot. Yeah, <laughs> you never know. Target.com, whatever. What happens if you go to Tango Bravo Aviation and use ICEMEN? Uh, I just have a Facebook page. What if they mention ICEMEN when they call you? And I'll say, thanks for listening, folks. <laughs> I say that you give them a 30-minute check ride for free. Oh, okay. Give them yeah. one flight. <laughs> one flight for free. I might have to take you up on that free flight. Because yeah. i got to go on an airplane here in October, uh, November. And I'm terrified. Just make sure you mention the Iceman first. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> mention Iceman. You get it for free. <laughs> free. Free 30-minute flights. Wait, should we say that that's not actually happening? Yeah, we should. A- asterisk and disclaimer. Now Tommy's going to have yeah, to that is not edit happen- all that, this stuff out. No, that... It's not happening. Dude, I'm not, not going to edit it, and it's also not happening. Push stop. Turn it off. That video was weird. It looked like a modern-day remake of an old video, and it was also delayed, which was a bummer. If you guys ever want to get into a like five-hour just internet spiral, watch reaction videos to that song. <laughs> Phenomenal. You guys getting some weird tangents. I don't have time to look at videos. You literally just said you saw a reaction video to that song. I know, like I recently. did. That's because someone sent it to me. We're weird, though. Just don't forget that. We're the ones. Dan's never even seen the video, but we're the weird ones. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I always go on the what the Instagram Reels deep dive of an hour lost time. Yeah, it's so random on those. That you, like, you just have to flick through them, and that's just... it. It's so mindless. Did, I think it creates more ADD for myself. Oh, absolutely. One hundred percent, it does. Like it, if you didn't have ADD before, if you do that for like two, three days, it's just like you now have ADD. It's just like twenty second shots of dopamine to your brain. You're like, oh, there's another one. Oh, there's another one. Oh, there's another one. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, you sit down and you're just mindlessly grabbing your phone and flipping through those things. Yeah, everywhere during a meeting. And then the algorithm starts giving you some weird stuff to watch, and you're just like, why? Why algorithm? Yeah. And my chess endgame is straight garbage, Tom. 
I, I was going to ask you if you wanted me to just resign or just let I you. sent you a message. I didn't see that. I sent you a message saying resign. My end game is garbage. I didn't see that. <laughs> what are you doing? We play chess together. Tom and I play chess. I've beat him twice now. He's beat me like 30 times. Mm. But anyways. <laughs> yeah. This is great. That's what you do while you're trying to record. I was, oh, we're not playing, I was, we're we're not playing, playing currently. This, I was just reviewing is, the game. Oh. This is our... I was just learning about, about why I didn't uh, mate earlier. I really can... I can barely run Game Changer for my kid's team. Is that a sports app? Yeah, it's... I, I run all the pitch counts, everything. Are you the official scorer? Yes. How do you decide if it's an error or not? Um. Well, so I have, like, legit certain rules about, like, errors. And so if the kid... If it touches his glove, like touches and goes past or like touches and, you know, like he drops a fly ball, it's an error. But if it doesn't actually touch his glove, like he dove for it and it was still three feet away, which happens a lot in 9U, they're not errors in my book. What if it was like a phenomenal play, but it just glanced off the end of their glove? It's still an error. Really? Yep. Hmm. So I don't like know about that. A throwing error, like a you know, second base is Roseman to the th- throws to the first baseman. No, I'm talking about like a spectacular f- play in the field. They dive for it and it just bounces off their glove just barely. Error. Oh man. I'm pretty rough. <laughs> what a dick. Yeah. <laughs> All right, sorry. No, that's but I am the official scorer, so I had to update my app and say that they officially won their game. How distracting is that? I have does, it, to, does it put you in the game or does it just like I can't have anybody talk to me right like it is because I have to call all balls and strikes all errors all pass balls by the catcher you have to call them or you have or to like record, a, them. record every single thing all pitches and you do it on your phone yeah wow and it's like if you miss like two seconds like what if someone calls you right in the middle of a series. I, 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 did. I, I did. I called him once. Yeah, and I literally just end the call and say, I'm <laughs> scoring a game, cannot talk. Or I just ignore it completely. I just texted him like seven times in a row. I'm like, <laughs> whatever I need to say to you is more important. That's why you didn't order my tool thing. Probably because you literally said, hey, order my tool thing. I'm like, what to? I have no clue what you're talking about. That's like, were you scoring a game this morning when we talked about recording today? Uh, I might have been. That's a fair question. I might have been putting in, putting in the roster because because if people text me during those that two hours, five days a week, um, it it is it's impossible. So where do them. those scores go? Uh, they get posted to their like league. So like we had three or four. Do you have p- guidance, or is it is it up to you? What? Like, do you have league guidance? Is there someone telling you how to score a game? Well, they about your like touch the glove instant error oh. stuff like that. No, I mean no. we. I mean sometimes, but like I watch like RBIs and runs. I mean, there's advanced stats with like pitching, right? Like we have all kinds of kids that have pitched. How many strikes? How many walks? How many pitches they've pitched throughout the? Like we're at 786 pitches in six games. We had one. We have two kids with saves. Yeah, it's it's over the top. There's so many things that I don't um, understand. What if someone wasn't available to do that for a game? Would the game go on? Uh, actually, we have three backup people really for it. Basically, the coach, they should all do it at the same yeah, time. Right? Exactly. Should it should be, like, should be like a like a boxing fight. You know, no, like <laughs> only one person can be in there. We have a split decision from the judges. Well, and we had the, the other day we had a batter interference on a. 
pop fly fly out that the ump called the person out. Yeah. On, I was going to ask you, do you ever have to confer with the ump then? Yes. On a call? All the time. And balls and strikes constantly. So we had one that uh, one of the kids were standing kind of off to the dugout. Pop fly came up. Catcher ran for it, tried to catch it, missed it, but bumped the batter. It was batter interference. They called him out, and it was like trying to figure out how to get that to record right was impossible. Because you can do it, but it was just, it was just, I don't know. It was deep, it was deep in the app. It was like, I'm like, I could tell you how to do this, like how to write it out, but I don't know how to make it work on the app. So basically the catcher got credited the out to make it work. I bet you those guys are stressing here in the uh, MLB. Yeah. Well, because they have to pitch so fast now. If they're just like, oh man, I got a lot to keep, keep well, track of. Baseball's totally different sport now. It's so much better when it, it's fast like this. It's, it, well, and I feel it's better. I wish they could have done it without a clock, but I do like it. I wish they could do it with me being able to watch it on TV. What do you mean? Because Bally's is not available where I live. Oh, so I'm so pissed. I, I, I love watch watching game. it on TV compared to what I used to because uh, it's actually the, both the batter and the pitcher are. You got to be on point. Yeah, I haven't watched more than three innings this year. Yeah, it's but so it's it's like a two hour, two and a half hour game. It actually is making it manageable again. All right, let's switch gears for a second here, John. Okay, we're going to talk about fishing you and Tom. And Tom. You're, yeah, Tom, you're part of this. <laughs> okay, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for chiming in. <laughs> uh, when's the last time you were on the In Depth Outdoors forum, John? Uh, probably three, four weeks ago. Really? Yeah. Well, there's still good stuff on there. I know. Okay, so I've got a question for you. So here's a question that's coming off the In-Depth Outdoors forum. That There's actually two discussions that are playing out right there right now that I thought were interesting to talk about. So first, John, can you, for four or five minutes, pretend, or not pretend, can you just acknowledge that you bass fish and not make this weird? Say the joke you got to say. Yes. Okay. Okay, here, I'm, I'm going to have a confession. <laughs> this, this is honest to God truth because... <laughs> My, my kid has pointed this out to me. He goes, you know, bass are a lot more fun to go fish for. And I'm like, why? He goes, because they always bite. Yeah. He says, they're, they're kind of like trash pandas. <laughs> like, they're like walleye-sized panfish. Yeah. And they just, they kind of bite constantly. I mean, there are tougher bites, but it's not like walleyes where they, every once in a while, just go, yeah, we're not going to feed for a month. <laughs> and we're going to, like, you can find as us. As soon as we book a trip, they decide that. But I mean, walleyes walleye are more finicky and they have some weird tendencies. So you admit that you bass fish. I will admit. And I actually targeted bass this weekend. Great. Like went out and I'm like, hey, let's go. We have an hour. I'm not going to spend time to look for walleyes. I'm going to go literally to the warmest water, catch a few bass and be done. So this is a topic that's going on right now. And I find the, res- the uh, response is fascinating because I don't, I don't share the same thinking with all of them, which is fine. Um, you disagree with the internet? Uh, well, I mean, yes, yeah, to some extent. <laughs> so, so here's the, the idea. It's about dock etiquette when you're fishing, okay? So you're fishing docks, which if you're bass fishing. From a boat, from a boat un- underneath someone else's dock. Correct. So when you're, when you're bass fishing, a lot of time you're dock fishing. And I personally much prefer shallow water bass fishing. So I'm around docks all, all, basically all season. So what's the controversy? There's should no you controversy. Should you do it versus well, I mean, what's, what's, it's what's just the, the question. question is what is the etiquette when you're bass fishing around a dock? So, you know, when you're when you're throwing around a dock, you have a lot of equipment there that you have to dodge. 
right? So there is a skill level involved. If you want to cast up close to that dock, you need to be able to control your jig or your lure. You need to be able to control your line. You need to be able to control your cast. And if you don't, you're going to hit something, right? Yep. Which is, that's just how it, that's how it works. So my, with the question that is going on here is, um, so if you, which happens to everybody, you cast up there to a dock and you make a bad cast and you get tangled, you get snagged, you're stuck to this dock or you're stuck to this boat or worst case scenario, you're stuck to the canopy or something like that. What do you do about that? So my rule of thumb, I don't ever try to hop on someone's dock, but if someone's there, be like, Hey, apologize. Can I get my lure off? So no one gets hurt. And then I will immediately leave that dock. So if there's nobody there, you just cut your line and drive away. Uh, no, I just never step on people's docks. He just yanks and yanks and yanks until it comes shooting back I mean, in his face. 65 pound braid. I probably <laughs> moved a few ducks. No, actually. So I had, I had an instance where, you know, like the tri-tunes, mm-hmm. they have like little rudders on the bottom and I was yeah. casting a one ounce steel bullet weight and I smoked a guy's rudder and it sounded like a 12 gauge going off and he was yelling at me and I was like, yep. I I did like I hit it. I didn't damage anything, but I hit it like you know, mock mock oh shit speed. That's always the fear. And it's like, oh, I hope I didn't like poke a hole like I mean obviously I wouldn't poke a hole through it, but that's exactly what it sounded like. Like my weight went through his balloon on the back of the pontoon. When you're throwing around a dock, your lure choice you have to be smart about it or you have to be confident with whatever you choose because if if you're throwing a jig well, you better be able to get it underneath there or else you're going to be banging into boats all day. Yeah. And people don't appreciate that. No. And I don't, I don't, I'm not a big dock guy. Really? But so my area that we fish, like the way the uh, Brainerd Lakes area fishes, the docks are always like in, you know, two to four feet of water. There's not a lot of good deep bass structure on docks because they're always this shelf and then they have a drop and then they go into a basin. Uh, so I just, I don't, I don't, I throw that. a lot of wacky rig. Yeah. Cause that's even if well, you, it's probably safer, even like, if you smoke something with a wacky rig, it's just this piece of plastic. Yeah. It's not like throwing a one ounce, you know, pitching weight. That's what I was doing. So gull on the North end where it's really, it's like the river channel part where it's really deep and mm-hmm. people have like two dock sections. It's 40 feet. Well, you pitch way up in there and sometimes there's some giants, but <coughs> I've gotten in trouble getting stuff hooked up in there. But I try not to walk on people's docks. I try to stay at least one boat length away from people's docks. What if people are like chilling at the end of their dock? Do you, are you going to fish underneath it? No. No. If, if, there's, if, if there's, there's anyone people on the dock, swimming it. near it, I motor on out. Yeah, go around it. Away from it. So here's my philosophy on it. And this is, Steve and I do this as well. Because, you know, Steve, I've talked about him before. Yeah. He's yeah. actually been a guest. He yeah. has. Multiple times. He ditched us tonight. He was invited. But that's okay. Yeah, there's quite a few people invited. They yeah. just... Yeah, whatever. That's but we fine. got to talk to Andy Walsh and he told us all about uh, Fisher Malax. And that was better than Steve. Yeah. But <laughs> For his, sure. So I'm going to pause you because his casting out into deep water, bringing it back up to shallow water, is something I do very often certain times a year because I think you can catch fish both ways, but sometimes it's better to go up a drop off or down a drop off depending on the water temps. Or right which now, way the fish is right facing. Now apparently up is better. Yeah. Anyway, so. If I get snagged, 
I'll get that thing unsnagged. I'm not leaving a lure on the dock. And it's not because I want the lure back so much. It's It actually happened because my dad lives on a lake. And so, you know, part of that is I'm out there helping him put the dock in and take the dock out. Thanks a lot for that, Tom. Uh, <laughs> I had to work. Yeah, Sorry. Shocking. But if we got it done, that's fine. I put my dock in too. But we are out there, you know, our kids swim out there. And I just think of all the bare feet and how many hooks would get just left behind if you just cut the line. So anyways, my, my philosophy is if I get, if I get stuck, I'm going to get it unstuck. If I have to get on the dock to get it unstuck, I'll get on the dock. I don't want to, but I will. And I do believe, and this is a conversation that came up here on this page is I believe you can access a person's dock and it's not trespassing as long as you don't access it from the land. Cause is it part of the water? So like I, I, I always thought like the lake is part of, kind of community property right yeah so if your dock is out there and you're going to just retrieve something not like go out there and sunbathe which neither one of us need to be out there sunbathing right now um or go raiding someone's boat yeah <laughs> looking for but it, yeah there's, it's, there's obviously beer. a challenge area. i mean you don't want to be you don't want to be just killing time out there if you're going to get on their dock it's because you got something to do get out yeah. there get your thing back and get in your boat as soon as you can or if they're there you know say hey you know i got can, a snag can i yeah. get this off um but i would much rather get it off there and not have to worry about someone stepping on a hook than just cut the line and walk yeah away. i wouldn't want my kids to step on a four rot the i mean that would be that a would, little would, kid it would be that'd traumatizing be a, yeah, that'd be awful that'd be awful yeah so anyways, I thought that was interesting. A lot of people say that they would never touch a dock no matter what. It's, uh, and then some people argue that it's illegal I'd say to, 90, to board a dock. I'd say 90% of the time that you can get it on, on You can on get, you get your rod yeah. around. Because yeah. like, usually what, I mean, for me, it always, I cast super close and it like somehow, you know, the wind takes it a little, one extra inch and it goes over the dock post right straight down. And you're like, shoot. The only time I've ever had, to, I've had to board docks maybe, I don't know, probably five times total. So it's not like a regular thing. Yeah. But it, it usually happens if I'm on the outside of the dock casting underneath it and I go over the whole dock and go into the boat range. You know what I mean? And then it gets yeah. into the, oh geez. Then it gets into the, all of the structure for the boat yep. launch or boat lift. So, <laughs> so that's, that's the only times that I've had to get out. Yeah. And I've dropped it in, in the, down the dock slats or something like that. And then you're like trying to get it out and then you're hooking something. And and I don't know the law for sure, but I believe that the law says that you can access a dock if it's, if you don't access it from shore. And I think the reason for that is, is you can wade out into the water and traverse the shoreline. Yeah. And if there's a dock in your way, you can go over that dock. That would make sense. Cause that you're now in the water, right? So you have, you can access it. I believe that's the answer, but I, I could be wrong. And, and a lot of people on this, on this forum argue that you can't. So anyways, that's one question. Another question for you, this goes more for Tom and it's not really a question. I just would like your uh, year, maybe a year and a half opinion. What are your thoughts on your Maverick, Tom? Uh, I like it a lot. I've had a couple recall issues that was slow because uh they just didn't have parts but other than that those got taken care of and they sent me a free yeti water bottle in the mail that was kind of cool does that make up for it just a free yeti water bottle i don't know so I, would you buy it again I, yes i would 
you're comfortable with it. You're happy with it. I'm, I'm, yes. I'm. The question comes more from than a pleased. guy from a guy who is trying to replace an old explorer. He has a short daily commute. He has a 16 and a half foot deep V that's about 2,000 pounds, and he wants to just be able to tow it short distances to the to the lake, and he wants to have a mid-size SUV that is not expensive. And, I was, and my recommendation was, hey, my brother's got this Maverick that's cheaper than most SUVs, can tow, what is it, 4,000 pounds or 3,500? Yeah, it's 4,000 pounds. Is, that's a package, so it's 2,000 pounds standard. Do you have the trailer brake control? Yes. Yeah, so I don't know. I like your truck. I like my truck too. I'm happy with it. It does 98% of the things I would ever need to do with a truck. What are the 2% that you would want to do more? Yeah, what's what's the 2%? Just towing heavier things or hauling much larger loads than I can possibly haul gotcha. that thing. But I think the one thing that would make it so I couldn't use it would be you can't fit uh, like a otter in the back. You know I mean, I can't fit my otter in the back of mine anyways. Or you could, you could, if you had the tailgate down and you strapped it. Yeah, you could. It, I don't know, I like that would truck. be, that would be your entire back end. It would. You'd have to fill your otter, otter up from there, but it could do it. Yeah. But I feel like my truck, I mean, I've had it for a long time. I still have the 2% where I wish I had a bigger truck. You can always find something that you'd want to tow that's bigger. Yeah. Like next Friday, it sounds like I'm going to go get. A half a pallet of cement, which yeah. might be a little too much. Like I'm, I'm not hauling any wheelhouses. I'm not hauling any motorhomes. You towed my boat, though, didn't you? Yeah, Just I, towed, I towed your boat. That was about the limit of that truck, and it did fine. It, it, it's it's more. I, of, I, I always think of the braking. It's like it's just the like a smaller truck is just it doesn't have the weight and the braking to be able to stop a bigger boat. Well, yeah. and having the trailer brake control yeah. is huge. Do you have electronic brakes or just a surge I have electronic brake? surge brakes? Okay, same with mine. Yeah, and that works just fine. Like I didn't do any like emergency stopping with it or anything, but I always, I never felt like it was pushing me though. The electronic surge brakes are really nice, actually. That you can feel them working. Oh, you don't. So mine is just like a trailer, like a electronic surge brake. Like yeah, it's, it's the same like thing. I mean, disconnects. No, these do when the tongue compresses in braking. So when the tongue pushes into the vehicle, it does engage the brakes. Oh. But it's not like... Uh, like it's a, not electronically... It's not an electronic trail br- trailer braking where you literally... Your brake pedal makes those brake pedals go on. Gotcha. Which, so, that's but, a very different feel. Or you, or you can even just you know squeeze it and just the apply the brakes from yeah. just on the trailer. Yeah. So like most uh, tandem axles have that, the, the actual electronic brakes yeah that's what i'm thinking of like where you because i have a brake controller on my truck most wheelhouses would have that yeah that's and that's different but no on the boat it when they do have the emergency breakaway where if it breaks off it will lock the brakes up and stop it but it does give support when you're braking when you when you push the brake pedal down the momentum of the vehicle pushes the tongue in when the surge happens it breaks that engages the brakes and the more you, the more surge, the more break. Gotcha. It does. It does help. That makes sense. I didn't actually. The only thing I would say is it significantly changed my gas mileage towing big stuff like that. But that's to be expected. It does for me too. I was super happy. I got almost seventeen miles a gallon pulling my boat home this weekend. Yeah, I don't get anywhere near there. 
but I get like fourteen, fifteen. I left tow haul off. I found out. I, was, I never put tow haul on unless I'm towing something that's close to the max. Yeah. Or if I'm going up a lot of hills. When I when I haul the car hauler, I do tow and then I manually shift it because I don't think it really likes to shift when you're pulling eleven thousand pounds. Yeah, I definitely did tow haul mode and. I, I told last summer I told my motorcycle on a very like oversized trailer, like a double, double axle trailer with a, with a ramp on the back. And it was, it was pretty heavy and the gas mileage was poor. And that was the longest I went though. If you know, that was, what is that? Like 600 miles, something like that. In one shot. Where'd you go? To Sturgis. Yeah. That's a long Rap, drive. Rapid city. So you get like 14, 15 miles a gallon pulling your boat. Mm-hmm. So I towed a 20-foot Skeeter up to Alexandria, and I got seven. <laughs> yeah. That was a whole different world. Was it a headwind, though? And No, it, it was because on 94, you can't go 70 miles an hour. You, you will literally get driven over. So you're going, trying to push like 75. Yeah. Well, you can't shift into overdrive. You're like, you're absolutely just rotting on the truck the whole time. The handful of times we've rented RVs, well, you know, you know, a seven, eight thousand pound RV that's really tall and and basically a sail. Yeah. Then the gas mileage gets pretty poor. You know, ten, eleven. What's the worst mileage you ever got with your truck on a trip? Ten or eleven miles an hour or miles per gallon. So what? Three years ago, when we went to Dakota Angling, and I took that square box trailer and oh, drove gosh. into the seventy-five. Well, that hour. was different. I mean, <laughs> Mark, was, remember Marcus and his yeah, poor Tacoma? He couldn't get over fifty miles an hour. Yeah. I couldn't get over sixty-five. I could get once in a while sixty-six, but I literally was getting three to four miles a gallon. It was like I I would drive like a hundred miles and burn up a whole tank of gas. I'm like, what? what I was are you go- doing? I was going, I was driving behind you with no trailer, and I was getting like. 1450. It was bad. I, I was like, and I'm trying to figure out what gear it needs to be in because that was the worst. But I have the the extended um, gas tank. Do you have that too? Yeah, the 36 gallon. 36 gallon tank, which is, is awesome until you have to fill it up. I like it because I still have to burn the same amount of gas anyways. it's the, This is the smallest tank I've ever had in a truck though. 36, really? Yeah, because my last one had twin 22s. Oh, sure. And now going from a 44 to 36 it's like oh this is terrible and then i found out like other trucks have like 24 yeah my brother-in-law has a has a 22 in his and it's you know you get 400 miles to a tank but if you're towing no way yeah you know i can i can tow all the way to lake of the woods on a tank of gas no problem whenever we go to canada i fill up right at the border and i, I can drive all over the place and come yeah. right back and and if i'm not towing i can dr- drive to our cabin and almost back on a tank of gas yeah it's it's wonderful having the big tank, but it is also the truck never sits level. <laughs> if you if you ever look at your bumper height, it's always <laughs> like you fill it up and it's like it leans to the left, and then when it's empty, it pretty much leans to the right. Yeah, there's a bit of a gangster lean going on there. Yeah, well, it's I mean, I assume that I just did damage the shocks, but no, no, it's 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 really because you're you're hauling, you know, however <laughs> much thirty six gallons tanker. That's actually a good point. It makes me feel better about myself <laughs> yeah if you ever the what the off-road trucks have it and then any of the ones that have the special gas tank have it so what are your immediate fishing plans john so we have the kids fishing event friday friday and then uh yeah baseball big baseball tournament in blaine uh, if you want to come watch andover hopefully kick some blaine butt this weekend that'd be great and then memorial day weekend 
I'm hoping to leave Thursday. And then we got the Teen Challenge yeah. tournament June 2nd, June 3rd. Is that the next weekend after Memorial Day? Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah. That's going to be so awesome. I can't wait. A lot of fishing. Yeah. Yeah, that Teen Challenge tournament's amazing. What's yours, Dan? Fish every day after work? Uh, no, no. I, we've got baseball and softball and stuff, so we, I'm running around too. How much? How many school days do you have left? I'm not a counter. I don't like to do a countdown because it consumes too much of my energy. Okay, well, how many weeks of work do you have left? It's June 9th, whatever that is. It's like three weeks, basically. I think it's like, it's in like the teens. It's the upper teens, I believe, is what it is. Some teachers are like... I would have a countdown. 50 day countdown. I would, I would have a countdown at the beginning of the school year. I, I would say day one, I'd be like <laughs> right on the board. Like I have 140 I, days with you. I kids. have done countdowns before and I don't like the feel of them because you get, you're just, you're just so looking towards the end that uh, it just has a, I don't, I don't like the feel. It's a negative feeling in my opinion. It's like, it's like looking forward. It's like counting down the days of summer. Like, do I want to count down how many summer days I have left? Want to know a fun fact? There's only three months left before winter starts. <laughs> Great. In, in my mind, because, you know, May is over. June, July, August, September, that's when it starts getting cold again. Yeah. I, I don't know. It's I'm just kidding. June 9th, whatever that is. So we got the fishing club Friday. Yep. And then my fishing league starts the day after Memorial Day. And Memorial Day is the time where I start uh, actually fishing. Yeah. I'm hoping. You should join the fishing league. Uh, Tuesday nights we have home games. And you're the scorekeeper. I'm the scorekeeper and yeah. an assistant coach now. Oh, look at that. Yep. My goodness. I was completely happy not being anything this year. How can you coach and score? Or is it just during I yell at the kids constantly. <laughs> I'm like, hey, you got out. Your, your uh, on-base percentage went down by... Uh, <laughs> 0.13 and they're like what what you're like jonah hill and uh Moneyball. yeah oh, actually yeah the, <laughs> there is some strategy uh we change our batting order almost every game because of how the kids are hitting it's very very there's a lot more uh strategy to this and then we have also we alternate fast pitchers versus slow pitchers so when we start a game we always pick a slower pitcher and then That's smart. if they're struggling or, or getting hit on quite a bit, we put in a fast pitcher and the, it screws up the cadence of the other team. Well, before we go, I do want to give a shout out to all the people who've donated for our team challenge. Yeah, um, that's, uh, I mean. We're close to our $1,000 goal. So if anyone else feels so inclined, we'd love to love to get as many donations as we can. And all that money goes straight to team challenge. We don't get. John and I have no, we don't get any benefit from it. No. And it's, it's really important. I had a, a friend go through teen challenge and be successful. And it's a very, it's a very impactful thing. Um, they have a really high success rate, really high success rate. If you complete the program, it's, it's awesome. It's awesome. I'm excited for that. I'm excited to get back on goal. Hopefully I don't break any laws this time. Hopefully our little Shangri-La is a spot that we can get back to. Uh, we, did we break loss last time? Oh, well, I mean, when you I just blew, ran over an island. I blew through a no-wake zone <laughs> producing a wake. Well, no, that particular spot was no. Actually, you could drive over that right now at full throttle because it's everything's changed. The whole landscape oh, is D- like... Dan will, don't worry. Yeah. Is it higher than it was last year? Yeah. Because last year it was high, wasn't it? Not really. I mean, it was normal high, not like this. Oh, is our is our are we gonna be able to get under the bridge? No, not at all. No way. You don't. We're gonna sink your boat. 
we'll have to go back the other direction. Then. Nope, we're sinking your boat. Oh, okay. <laughs> Yeah, we're Good leaving. Choice. We're pulling your plug and waiting until it's filled up. I mean, we could just go the other direction. We could just. Yeah, it seems a lot safer to sink your boat. Thank you. Just portage it. Portage it. <laughs> we could do that too. We do that too. Hey, I do have a question. When you launch by yourself, do you tie up to the dock, or do you just have your? Do you just shore it? Uh, when I launch by myself, I actually have a pretty nice system now. I've, it's taken me years to develop this. So there's. Uh, a, a bungee cord rope and I can't remember what it's called. I got it maybe like easy launch or something like that. I got it at Cabela's. It's like 20 feet long and it has um, a D ring on one side or one side is just a ring that yeah. I hook to my, my winch cable on my trailer. And the other side is a carabiner, which I hook to the bow eyelet on my boat. Yeah. Right? And then I, I have that organized. So it's not going to like tangle and I set it on the front casting deck on my boat like right up top of the trolling motor, back her in, and then the boat just slides itself off. And since it's a bungee, then I can pull myself forward just a couple of feet so I can get to the to the um, uh, to the winch without having to get my feet wet. Yep. Unclip it, then I go and tie it off loosely to the dock. Usually, park, come back, and go. Gotcha. But when I'm done, because I launch and load by myself all the time, when I come back and load, I use spot lock. Really? So I, I, I roll up to the, to the dock with my remote. I hop off. I kick the boat off, park it like 20 feet offshore, spot lock it, get my truck, come back, drive the boat back to me, hop in, and then power load it. It's really slick. It's putting a lot of trust in your electronics. Yeah, I was going to say, you're putting a lot of trust in that spot lock. Especially when the spot lock's been a little iffy. <laughs> do if you it, leave the remote on the dock then, or do you bring it with you? I carry truck? it on my, in my, mm. on me. It, there's been, um, if it's really windy, I won't do that. If it's yeah. really windy, I'll, I'll tie it off. Yeah. Cause this weekend I had just a nasty, like legit 30 mile an hour gust across. Yeah. And yeah. it was just like, I couldn't, I ended up, I mean, my kid couldn't hold the boat either. Like he's eight. He can't hold a 2000 pound aluminum mm-hmm. boat. It's we should, pot. we should film Dan doing that. Yeah, I'm just I'm just yeah. curious. Come, come down to my by my house. We'll go out on the river. <laughs> <laughs> I want to go on the river. Do you want to go through a dam, a lock and dam with me, Tom? Sure. I've been wanting to do that for years. Yeah, the river's not high or anything. It's better than it has been. People yeah. are out fishing now. The little creek by my parents that usually you can launch a canoe or a kayak in. I saw someone launch an 18 foot uh, crest liner in West Metro. The creeks are really high. There's still a lot of water out there. Yeah, it's 14.2 feet over normal. I'm like, I hope it stays relatively high. I don't like low water. Low water I don't like what everything. it was low water like last year. That changes everything. It's gin clear. Fish are super scattered. Um, or they're like in one little hole, and they as soon as they move over, they just spook. You should get the Dorado boat launch. You've seen that before, haven't you? Yeah. You should get that. The problem is I can't power load on a lot of those launches. Well, just pull your trailer deeper then. Uh, that doesn't always work either because I hit the concrete embankment on one of those. Yeah. Well, maybe for not for loading, but for unloading with the Drado, yeah, that would be awesome. That'd be sweet. It's not super useful for a bunk trailer. No, it's great for a roller. It's just, and I mean, we've always talked about this, like why I have a roller trailer. It's like my launches. Yeah, they're all shallow. Or they don't have docks anymore. Yeah. All right. I all like right. it. I like it. But if we keep talking, we're going to keep talking. Tom, should we wrap this up? 
There's my answer. Oh, there you go. He's he's cute as in. John, it's been good talking with you. Awesome, Dan. And uh, we'll have lots of fishing reports and other things. I can't wait. It's going to be good. Check yes. the uh, stay tuned to the social pages. The what did you call it, Tom? Ice, social the been a social media company. Or <laughs> social <something>. media. <laughs> the what Dan's trying no, to say is is uh, watch the, our social. The Iceman, a, a Facebook page. <laughs> I like posting stuff. We have fun. I have fun. You have fun. I have fun. All right, everyone. Thanks for tuning in. We'll have talk to you soon. Guys.